0: Welcome back to the Jag Bros Podcast. This is your host, Joey Raymond, with my two older brothers, JT and Jack. And we are here on the bye week. And we wanted just to catch you up on the new information that's going around uh, with the Jags and the trade deadline that just happened. And then also give a little of our opinion on the second half of the season and how we think that's going to go. What did you all think about the trade that the Jaguars made with the Vikings where we sent a sixth round pick to the Vikings for Ezra Cleveland, their starting offensive guard.
1: Yeah, I I loved it. I, I thought the fact that you could actually get a, get a solid startable guard for a sixth round pick is incredible for the Jaguars. So, so for those that don't know, Ezra Cleveland has started for 40 games now, For the Vikings at guard, he came out of Boise state and was drafted in the second round by them in 2020. And we're trading a sixth round. And what I think is even more encouraging to me is the fact that if you look at our history of six rounders. It's full of people you've either never heard of that were not very good. Or if you are a crazy Jaguar fan like us, you may have actually heard of once or twice before, but realistically had almost no impact. And so like, if I scroll through some of the recent draft picks of the last um, few years, our six rounders include folks like Brandon Allen, the backup quarterback, Tyrone Holmes, who I don't ever remember as a Jaguar, Tanner Lee, also a backup quarterback, uh, Jake Luton, also a backup quarterback, Tyler Davis, uh Jalen Camp. Even in the more recent drafts, we drafted Gregory Jr., Eric Hallett, Christian Broswell, and Parker Washington, who Parker's injured. But the rest of those guys have made zero impact. The only person in the last few years from a six-rounder that actually turned out to be good was obviously Gardner Minshew, who's no longer with our team. And so the fact that you could theoretically get production at a position group that has underwhelmed at times this year, I think was was a good win for the Jags, where we didn't even have to give up hardly anything.
2: Yeah, and props to you, JT. I know we were talking about a lot of buzz news around the trade trade deadline, especially around the pass rush position, but you said, JT, you want us to also look at potentially an interior offense alignment. And originally, I gave this trade an A, put this on our Twitter account and uh, our YouTube channel as well, but you guys convinced me. I asked, you know, from, from a fan standpoint, what would you grade this trade? And I saw a lot of A pluses, and I'm changing my grade to an A-plus because, JT, you bring up a great point. It costs very little, and this guy has been good. And he's young, Ezra Cleveland, so he's 25 years old. He's starting for the Minnesota Vikings. If you look at some of his statistics, which is, of course, harder at an offensive line position, but in 2022, PFF had him ranked as the number eight guard uh, overall in the 2022 season he's got good size great speed 6'6 311 and in a lot of ways he's similar to a Walker Little who we love Uh, he actually started as an offensive tackle at one point but has played guard now for several seasons so he's got some good versatility as well and so I think you add depth and you just give your offensive line a lot more flexibility. And number one, and most important, and why it gets an A-plus is because you protect Trevor Lawrence, the future of the Jaguars franchise.
0: Yeah, I thought this was uh, a, an incredible deal and get for the Jaguars, knowing that the interior offensive line was the worst part of the the team so far. As much as people want to say it was the pass rush, our pass rush actually isn't doing that terribly Trayvon Walker's already tied what he did last year, and Josh Allen is number two, or after the Thursday night game, number three in pass rushes, uh, sacks of all time. That's not really the biggest need that we needed. An interior offensive lineman is, and also the people who are asking if Walker Little will play or will Cleveland play, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that we should go with Cleveland who would you rather have starting someone who's played offensive guard for a drive and a half? And I understand that Walker little is good, but we really haven't seen if he's good as an offensive guard. We're just kind of assuming we're making assumptions. I'd rather go with the sure thing, someone who's played there and shown that they are very good and they can start right away because he's actually played with the offensive line coach for Phil Rauscher. So He's going to fit in right away, and I think he would be the perfect guy to start, not Walker Little, and he needs to be the swing tackle. I think that Cam Robinson has played too well, and he brings a bit of like nastiness and leadership to the offensive line that Walker Little doesn't really bring, and I want to talk about that is Cam Robinson versus Walker Little.
1: Well, I will say about Cam Robinson, since he's joined the team again, we're undefeated, and he's played well. And so one thing to keep in mind, and I've heard a lot of of well-respected analysts talking about this over the last few weeks, is that offensive line play in general is down across the NFL. And part of that is just trying to find the amount of bodies that are average to above average. And so if we're sitting here debating on who should play guard, a Walker Little or, or Ezra Cleveland, and they're both average to above average, that's a high quality problem to have. And so I think in a situation where look, you're most likely going to have another offensive lineman go down in the next couple of months. The fact that he has the ability to play tackle and has some history there and guard, just like Walker Little has shown that ability, it makes him even more versatile. And the fact that you're you're not breaking the bank for him too. I mean, just so many great moves there. It, love, love the addition there.
2: What you're describing, Joey, I think is a high quality problem. Exactly. And the key word here is depth. So I think what you'll see a little bit more as Walker Little does get healthy is a little bit more of honestly, an NBA rotation in the sense of, of course, you have five positions at the offensive line, but I think you'll play more of a six or seven man rotation where Walker Little, of course, Anton Harrison, Cam Robinson, and now Ezra Cleveland are going to get high level minutes whatever that rotation looks like. And it's great to have some versatile players in Little and Cleveland who look like they can play guard or tackle, however that shakes out. But, yeah, Joey, certainly a lot of people are talking about what does this mean for the future of the offensive line and Cam Robinson one day probably getting a big payday. Uh, but that's a problem for for future Jaguars, future Jag bros for sure.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the other benefits of this trade deadline, yes, we're all disappointed that we did not get another pass rusher. You can't have enough pass rushers on a team. And you go look at the 49ers adding Chase Young for a third round pick. Uh, Some Jaguar fans may be thinking, why couldn't we do that? And as a reminder, our two, three, and four fourth round picks for 2024 are all tied into the Ridley trade. Now, realistically, we're most certainly going to just be offering a third round pick for it. However, because that trade has not been finalized uh, due to the stipulations, all of those are still technically pending. So we didn't have those to to offer as collateral. And I think one of the final benefits of what happened this past week from a trade perspective is none of the teams that we – are really competing with in the AFC got stronger. You did not see Hollywood Brown go to the Chiefs, who ha- still have a big problem, even though they added Hardman back to their roster um, a couple weeks earlier. You did not see Miami go out and make a move. You did not see Baltimore go out and make the move or the Chargers. The Bills had a uh, a startable corner which was a nice pickup for them. But outside of that, none of the other contenders in the AFC made moves. So I think that is nice because you don't have to worry about a blockbuster trade that they that they made to make their team that much stronger. A lot of the bigger trades were done on the NFC side, which we would not obviously see until the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, and then what's also amazing about this pickup is how much it actually affects all the other positions it gives Trevor Lawrence more time in the backfield watching other quarterbacks right now. They're getting almost two full more seconds than Trevor gets, and it will open up the wide receivers because they'll get more time to get open. It will open up running holes for Travis Etienne to play even better. So it just affects so much of the offense that it's going to be, I think, an incredible pickup.
2: Love it. So I think you hear from the Jag bros a very high-grade. Hats off to Trent Balky Again, as JT was pointing out earlier, an impressive trade too. And you consider several draft capital was tied up. And so to be able to trade a late third, round, third day, six round pick and pick up a very nice piece for the present and potentially for the future was very good. And so the Jaguars are sitting here right now at six and two eight games done in a 17 game season again pretty much the halfway point so as we look at the second half of the season I want to ask you guys who do you think will be the Jaguars MVP and then who do you think will be a guy that'll be a breakout player who maybe didn't have the strongest first half but you really like to see him have a breakout second half of the season
0: Uh, I'm going to take this one first and I'll go with uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously being the MVP. I think in the second half, they're going to unlock him a little bit more now that you've beefed up your offensive line a little bit. Cam Robinson seems to be running the offensive line really well. You see, he kind of is the guy that fires them up. You watch sounds of the game or the hunt. He's the one giving those impassionate speeches firing everyone up, and I think that was a piece that was missing uh, in the first few games was that fire. And then also the breakout player, he's already played well, but I think he's going to play even better, and I think that's Evan Ingram. I think they're going to finally get him in the end zone a lot more in the second half. I think they're going to target him a little deeper instead of some of these three-yard plays. They're going to start throwing it to him 10 yards, 15 yards down the field.
2: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here, Joey. I'm actually going to flip it a little bit and give my second half MVP to Evan Ingram. And so he has done very well. He's on pace for just under 1,000 yards, and he's been a clutch part of our offense, especially on third down conversions. So I think he continues to be a high-volume target for Trevor, and he still has zero touchdowns, but I think that's going to change a lot in the second half. I think you're going to see Trevor get a lot more than nine touchdowns passing the ball, and I think one of his key targets in the red zone will be Ingram. I love what you pointed out in our last episode, Joey, that uh, he had that teal towel in his pocket ready to go, so you know he's hungry for the end zone. We already called it out that we're expecting at least one touchdown. I said two touchdowns for him in the 49ers game, which would be massive. And then my breakout player is going to be switching sides of the field. This is a rookie who I really liked in the draft. He went fifth round, which I thought was a steal for us. And that is Antonio Johnson. He hasn't played a ton in the first half because of some injuries, but he had that awesome interception to close out the Steelers victory, 20 to 10, his first career interception. And he, He just fits in naturally with a defense that thrives on turnovers. So I love Johnson to have a big second half breakout part of the year for him. I love it, guys. Well, you know what? I'm going to say, I mean, there's so many
1: players that I could see breaking out and and so many important guys on both sides of the ball. The MVP, who I will couple with a little bit from a breakout perspective, is Trevor. It has to be. I think with Zay Jones coming back, you'll have uh, extra protection uh, on the offensive line. And right now, most statistical categories, Trevor is somewhere in that 10 to 14 range. Trevor's better than the 10th or 14th best quarterback in the NFL. And we're really close to being able to put together some of these drives. You add Zay Jones or you figure out a way to unlock Evan Ingram in the, the red zone. I think all of a sudden, Trevor catapults to a top five level quarterback because... What the stats haven't shown yet, I think our eyes see from a Jaguars perspective. So would love to see that come to to pass in the second half of this year. And then uh, for my true breakout player, I'm going to go Trayvon Walker. We've ridden him at times hard, not necessarily because of his own skills, but more of the fact that we passed on Hutchinson and Thibodeau who have already had their breakouts from a pass rushing perspective. But Joey, you already brought it up. He's tied his production of last year with three and a half sacks so far. He's a huge factor on why we've been so great at stopping the run this year. We saw this in the second year of Campbell uh, at a corner where he had that breakout. It feels like Trayvon's starting to piece it together and starting to get legitimate pressures and not just, hey, quarterback goes down and, and, and Trayvon's the first person to touch him. And so I I think you're going to see a situation where Trayvon could get six and a half sacks and get close to double digits uh, by the end of the year. So I'm I'm starting to become a little bit more bullish on him.
0: I 100% agree. I also had him on my list as possible uh, MVP for the breakout uh, in the second part of the season, because it seems like every game he's been getting better and it's just about time he's about to unlock it and do something really amazing, I think. I think we all kind of expected him to be amazing out the gate, like he did all this work over the off season. I think it just took a little more time than we expected, and I think it's just about to happen. You know, it's starting to rise. You see the sun rising. And I think we're about to see some really good play from Trayvon Walker.
1: And think about this. You look at Campbell, you look at Cisco, you look at a, a Walker Little almost all of those guys, their rookie year had close to zero effect. In fact, I think there are several people that were calling Campbell a bust after just a few games because he, he was so bad at, um, at being on the ball on, on defense, but he's turning into a pro bowl level corner. So I think, look, sometimes we want that instant gratification and, 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 with a number one overall pick, you hope that that's what you're going to get. But seeing the development of Trevor, seeing the development of ETN, seeing the development of some of these other younger guys, I think this is about the time we should start to see Walker step up.
2: 100%. And you know, I was looking at the stats earlier and this is kind of crazy Just to Trayvon Walker's credit, of course, Aiden Hutchinson had a big start to the year. But if you look at their stats right now, they're almost identical. So so Aiden Hutchinson has 23 tackles and four and a half sacks. He does have one interception. While you look at Trayvon Walker's numbers, he has 22 tackles, so just one less. And then three and a half sacks, so just one less as well. And he does seem to have this forward momentum. He has that keyword development. Because what would you rather have someone who is getting better year after year or after year or someone who starts amazing but doesn't really get better? Eventually, that guy who keeps getting better is definitely going to pass the guy. And I'm not saying Hutchinson's not getting better, but what you want to see in your draft picks and your young guys is development. And I believe you're seeing it in Trayvon Walker. And I love that pick for a good breakout player as well.
1: Yeah, the the one thing I will, will, will tamper a little bit of that expectations on Hutchinson is Hutchinson leads the league with 28 pressures and Trayvon is 28th in the league right now with 14. And you, you watching, watching Hutchinson, you can just tell he's different teams are game planning for him. When I watched the Monday night game with Detroit and Oakland, every single play, the Oakland Titan would chip Hutchinson before he uh, went out just to, to slow him down a little bit more. So I agree. I think I, I like to continue to see the development. We can certainly bemoan some of the picks, but I, I think Trayvon Walker will develop into
2: a uh, a very good player here um, in the second half of this year. Agreed. Yeah. And I think the gap is just closing between the two. Hutchinson is definitely outplayed Trayvon Walker by a wide margin, but he has the opportunity in the second half of the season to continue to shrink that gap with development and increase specifically in quarterback pressures and pass rush because he has been good against the run and a big part of our run stopping and just the strength of this run defense. Completely agree. Well, with that,
1: we uh, wanted to give you a little bit of tidbit, as Joey mentioned, to to keep uh, an eye on some of the recent news with the trade deadline and some of the other information following the Jags over the last few days. We will be recording our preview of the 49ers game next week. Unfortunately, our game did not get flexed uh, to the Sunday night game like some of the Jaguar fans were hoping. But nonetheless, we'll get to see San Francisco travel to see Jacksonville a one o'clock kick uh, the following Sunday. And we are just excited to see what happens with the rest of the year for the Jags. So follow us on Twitter. We're seeing a lot of engagement from the fans. Love hearing from you guys, as well as on Instagram and a few of the other platforms. Continue to drop us five-star reviews or um, leave us a comment or two. We're always willing and able to read some of those on the podcast. And with that, we'll leave you with one final word from the Jag bros. (laughs) Boom,